Welcome to the Rogues on the Road podcast, where we talk food, beverage, travel, and everything in between. All right. Welcome back. <laughs> it's been a, a long, quiet year for yeah, us, and we are back. It's, it's been a, a well over a year, Yeah, and we are all fully vaccinated. <laughs> we are humbled. And mm. we're we're super excited to be back. Uh, we are back on the road. I'm, yeah, I'm Matt. I'm Rich, and uh, we are at Stout Ridge Distillery, which uh, is where in and winery, and a few other things in Marlboro, New York. Marlboro, uh, right on the Hudson River. Uh, joining us is a, is a friend, neighbor, and uh, absinthe uh, connoisseur guru. Connoisseur guru, and. Uh, so, Lou, welcome as well. Oh, thanks so much for having me. Uh, and we have Stephen, uh, who is the owner of Stout Ridge Distillery and Winery. And today's podcast is at going down that wormhole of absinthe. Which I know nothing about. Okay. <laughs> let's so do it. Let's learn. So, let's, <laughs> uh, let's, let, let's, let's have a lesson. Let's have a lesson. So, <laughs> real quick. I think people that listen to this podcast, the one, the first thing that they think about is absinthe is made with wormwood, which is illegal, and it's poisonous and it's psychedelic. So let's go. Uh, well, yeah, that starting <laughs> off with the whole myth behind that, yeah. I'll uh, I'll kind of address that first. Um, wormwood was considered illegal for a long time, but is no longer. It's since two thousand six, two thousand seven. In there, it is been back on and able to be used why was it illegal it kind of goes back to primarily propaganda if you go back to the early history um in let me jump kind of the to the initial start and then run us into that so in late 1700s 1797 dr pierre ordinaire basically made an elixir using what they what became the holy trinity of absinthe so wormwood fennel anise and he would use the elixir and distribute it to the Swiss army troops. And that was something that it, it kind of helped get them through the evenings of the long battles. And it was almost like a medicinal helping. That's where you got the, uh, it, it supposedly the, the mixture of these would help make you more lucid and aware. Thus, where you get your names lucid being as associated with absinthe often. And... Even wormwood itself goes back to ancient Egypt as a medicine and a healing agent. Yeah, back back then all these things were medicinal things. These, yeah. It was always that sort of idea of distilling to produce medicine. Right. And after that, it ended up becoming something, I believe it might have been, I don't know exactly who, this is a, a bit of a up-in-the-air topic, but it could have been a distillery of nuns. It could have been a distillery down in the towns that actually first took those ingredients and made it an absinthe. There's a little gray area there on who was first on that. But then it became, it was fairly inexpensive to make at the time, and it became immensely popular. So it started to overtake the sales of beer and wine, and of course the you know, the makers and the, uh, the owners of all the beer and wine right. companies and distilleries and all then, they weren't so thrilled about that. So then basically it in 1905, in August of 1905, 
a man named Jean Lanfray, who was a known alcoholic and not the most pleasant person in the world. He was a <laughs> Frenchman living in Switzerland, had a day of binge drinking with his father and drank, I, th- I think they said it was 14 or so different types of alcohol. Blimey. The last thing he drank of the evening was two ounces of absinthe. That was it. Got there into go. an argument with his wife and murdered his family. That do it. <laughs> <laughs> so where does the bad reputation come from? And the problem is <laughs> the, pro- the, the, the problem is this. Sir <laughs> Grail, we shall take your castle by force. You don't frighten us, English pig dogs. Go and boil your bottom, sons of a silly person. I'll blow my nose at you, so-called Arthur King. You and all your silly English can. <laughs> so that you know that obviously that story plus looking to try and downplay how cheap and popular you know it was it was cheap to make right. it was outselling everything it was becoming you know the green hour you know five o'clock to six p.m. became known as the green hour and that was where you would meet you'd celebrate That's happy hour. happy hour right, right. Um, so the, the commercial industry seized on a dramatic story yeah uh, and yeah. said this is why. Um, you should drink wine and beer. Right. And that, that was really, then Prohibition was just a few years later. Right. And from 1910 till 2006, 2007, absinthe, no, no. But now yeah. that's changed. It's, now it's yes, yes. And it paints, you know, if you look, you know, if you do a little research, it, you get this painted picture of, you know, Paris at the height of Art Deco and the 1920s and these elaborate outfits of people mm-hmm. You know, sitting on on these beautiful bistros in Paris, like getting hammered off of the absinthe. <laughs> right. You know. So. Uh, so what is absinthe? Uh, well, absinthe is a is a liqueur that's um, traditionally made with grape spirits. Okay. So you make uh, grape brandy, um, and you keep distilling until the grape brandy has uh, almost no flavor. Um, and you're going for sort of a base alcohol, okay. and then um, you have you start adding the herbs that you would find in the Swiss part of France or the French part of Switzerland um, that you find if you walk around in the woods. And so you end up with grand wormwood, you end up with lesser wormwood, you end up with anise, you end up with fennel, uh, and then it over. I think over the years, different producers would elaborate on that. Well, there's this is in the woods where I. Am. This is in the woods where I am. So it right. really began as this really kind of, you know, natural thing of the region. Like, what does this region taste like? Well, if you make a chicken soup, you use these herbs of this right. region. If you're going to make a liqueur, you, you use an anise base. Um, and then you you glorify with the herbs of the region. So you end up with this grape-based spirit that has an anise base to it um, that tastes like the region. It's this sort of terroir aspect. This, that, at least that's the way that I look at it, and I think that that's the way it originated. Yeah, and I mean, you, if you go to you know parts of Europe and the Alps and the Italian Alps and the Swiss Alps, you have all these, these herbs that are really just indigenous to those yeah. areas. They're not grown anywhere else right. and um, those probably started out as yep. medicinal properties yep. right you know I think I've only experienced like probably the generic absinthe available in England when I was 16 as opposed to the combinations that are actually available well worldwide basically right it's in it, it, once you go down this it, it it's, it's such a wide yeah, it variety like it. of yeah. flavors yeah. You, yeah. right 
It, but it's, it, it's also a wide variety of historical flavors. Yeah, so you're not just yeah. Absolutely. When I spoke before, you're you're also selecting for the medicinal herbs. You're selecting for the herbs that have a history of being used by people to do something. Right. And then it gets to be a thousand years history of people using these herbs to do something. So now all of a sudden you have a flavor profile that's a thousand years old that humans have been enjoying for a thousand years. So there's there's part of the wormhole that we don't even ever consider with yeah, right. yeah. because no one ever thinks about it that way. Right. But I think the the reality of it is that way, and I think that some part of you, when you're drinking absinthe, is reacting to that ancient flavor profile in it. You may not be conscious of it, but I think that that's there. Kind of like how corn developed from a type of grass, right? And right. Uh, you know, it's just it's developed over the millennia to right. to 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 become what it is today. And, and depending on where that corn is from, is depending on how it tastes. Yeah, like. Yeah. Beef in England tastes totally different than beef in right. the United States. Right. right. So now you're looking at the herbs that right. you may gather in Switzerland, right. but they're mm-hmm. grown grown on the on the on the coast, the rocky coast of uh, Greece are going to have a salinity note to it. You right. Know, so. Right. And, yeah. and of course, these herbs in the absinthe, these herbs are completely unselected. They're not hybridized in any way. So the corn analogy falls apart a little bit because all the corn you eat is nothing like natural corn. Right, no. right, right. No. right. So it's it's one of the things that I worry about in bourbon is the bourbon guys are really latching on to this idea that different types of corn are having a big effect on bourbon. Well, you're so, if you're someone like me who's who's dabbling in the natural side of things, it's like, well... On the scale of 1 to 100, nature exists in 1 to 99, and hybridized corn exists in 99 to 100. So yeah. where are we really going with that yeah. idea? Yeah. yeah. Absinthe is much closer to the source of nature. Yes. So when you produce absinthe, how do you choose your ingredients? Uh, well, first I have to make a grape-based spirit. If I'm going to make a true absinthe, then I have to adhere to that. And that's not an easy thing to do because the sugar in grapes is 20 times as expensive as the sugar in corn. Wow. So you're typically making your base spirit from whatever the cheap thing is made. What you're typically, I think, buying the base spirit from commercial interests, and the commercial interests are always using corn because corn is subsidized by the American public and therefore... That base spirit is low priced because it comes as a subsidized thing. But if you want to make good absinthe, you're going to have to use grapes and you're going to have to really uh, make a decision there because there is no commercial producer of grape neutral spirits. So now you're going to have to buy a still that can produce high quality grape neutral spirits. And uh, and suddenly the bank that's financing you is going to be saying, where are you going (laughs) with this? Um, We were just very fortunate because we're uh, a winery and a distillery that when we built the place, we told the bank, look, we're going to be making natural wine. This is back in 2005. Uh, We're not entirely sure people are going to like it. Um, we think they will, but we're not sure. And so if they don't, we're going to vaporize it into brandy. And to make better brandy, we will make less brandy. And rather than throw out the alcohol that's not as good a brandy, we'll put it in a tall column still, and we'll rectify it into grape-neutral spirits. Um, and that will eventually lead to gins, it'll lead to liqueurs, and eventually lead to absinthe. And wow. the bank really liked that idea, you know, that, that your dream of building a natural winery, you realize it's a dream, and then... And then and the end result of what you do to make that dream possible by converting it up into things like brandy and liqueurs uh, ends up with absinthe. It was, we didn't know that at the time, but it worked perfectly. I mean, it just, it, the reason this place is so different is because our original idea of, oh my God, I don't think they're going to like the natural wine. Uh, we're going to produce a vodka from it that we can then make gins and liqueurs uh, led to us having an abundance of grape neutral spirits of exactly the type that you would want to make absinthe right. with. 
So, so you, you, dumb luck in a way. A whole bunch of potential revenue streams from one product. Yeah, that's what the bank, that's why the bank financed right. this place. Right. Because, not because we're making natural wine that takes six years to make and, yeah. Right. We, yeah. <laughs> well, I know, you know, um, Captain Lawrence has, uh, in, in uh, Westchester, New York, has put in a new still and they're actually, they've been distilling, you know, uh, sour beer or yep. off beer sure. as opposed to dumping it down the drain, yeah. you know, and that, yep. that's, um, no, it's, it's really good, really good thing to do. Yeah. So, um, so our winery took off. We didn't really need to make any neutral spirit. We didn't need to make brandy, um, but we had built the distillery. So then 10 years down the road, Oh my God, um, we have a distillery. The winery was going well, but we should probably use that distillery. Yeah. And then by that point, we had all sorts of, we had a lot of thinking that we had done in the meantime. And we now have a distillery that we don't need to solve an economic problem. We have a distillery that we could use to augment the natural methods that we're using in the winery. And if you take that to its extreme, uh, you end up in two places. You end up at single malt whiskey and you end up at absinthe. It's just, it's, it's just that's the, the end of the the end of the road of articulation of natural flavor in spirits. In my opinion, is malt whiskey because the malting process gives it an extra dimension of mm-hmm. natural flavor, and absinthe because if you walk around in the woods and gather these herbs that are, have a thousand year history of being used for medicine, that's an idea that just doesn't exist in any other spirit. There's right. no other spirit. Yeah, although I'm I'm working on other spirits that have these ideas well, in yeah, them, but yeah, we but absinthe, that. yeah, but <laughs> absinthe has a context that everybody knows already and so it's 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 i don't even know how to describe how beautiful a thing it is for someone like me who's a natural winemaker who just very fortuitously built a distillery to take care of a problem and then was able to create art in it rather than finance so what herbs do you use for your absolute? oh yeah so <laughs> so i like using fennel uh, more than anise so i use uh, more fennel than anise i think fennel has a um, a more delicate, more complex flavor profile. So and this is also a herb? Y- yeah, yeah, it's like a licorice flavor. Okay. Right? So right. the base has to be this licorice flavor. Right. Um, so, uh, but I like fennel. And uh, okay. and I, it's a weird story how I came to like fennel, but I, I, I before taste. I knew I was going to, no, no, it's not an acquired taste. It's just, I didn't realize that the anise could be really good. Um, and I wasn't going for absinthe. I was making some gins that were, were elucidating to me that, oh my God, you don't know anything about anise. And then as I started to figure it out in making gins, I, I figured, oh my God, fennel. You, there's a reason that, that absence tend, the good absence tend to be based in fennel because fennel is just so beautiful. It's so mm-hmm. more complex than anise and way, way more complex than star anise. Right? And, and so. if, if I, I've only known Stephen a short period, but knowing you and knowing what you produce, it's kind of like... You know, if you go to a single malt uh, peated whiskey, you know, uh, distillery in Scotland, even if they're not doing anything peated, this the, the the taste still comes out because the smoke is just in there. Yeah. When you come to Stout Ridge, there's so many of your products that have like it it like the the fennel makes its way into a lot of your products. Yes. And and sometimes very subtle, but it's that's definitely an. I think one of your signature kind of things. Yeah, fennel, fennel, and orange. I, I think of yeah. fennel as chicken, and yeah, right. yeah. orange is beef. And if you're going to make chicken soup, you use fennel. If you're going to make beef soup, you use orange. And so a lot of liqueurs are based on on 
uh, anise or that anise flavor and the orange flavor. So absinthe just chose the uh, the anise flavor when they started producing it. Okay. So, so and and some of the other herbs that that make it in. Uh, yeah. So. Um, so on top of that, you're going to need some coloring agents, uh, and lemon balm is uh, used a lot for the coloring oh, wow. agents, um, and and there's really good flavor reasons for it. So lemon balm has a has a nice color that it imprints on the absinthe, and then it also has a very nice effect. We'll probably talk about it as we do in the tasting. That uh, lemon balm is almost a necessary thing both for coloring and flavoring. Uh, there's hyssop. So hyssop has a, a like a delicately mint flavor. So when I was talking before about how fennel uh, had a more complex flavor than anise has, hyssop would be like to peppermint. Hyssop is a much more delicate, more complex flavor. So a much better choice to use uh, in absinthe than something like a typical mint. Right. And I think hyssop had a long history of, uh, of having sort of medicinal qualities. Yeah. Matt, the one that you, at our absinthe event that we did, that um, Pierrot, the white clown absinthe, yes. that was that's a hyssop, hyssop. made um, absinthe that I remember you pointing out like ooh I really like this yeah yes. there's yeah, a, there's an American one from Virginia called Mount Defiance yeah uh, and Mount Defiance has a big uh, hyssop presence in it yeah um, so it's kind of a neat thing and then there's the absinthe there's grand absinthe and there's lesser absinthe we talked a little bit about the grand absinthe um, the left lesser absinthe is called Pontica um, and Pontica is um, it has some thujone in it, but not not nearly as much as the Grand Absinthe. It's also used for coloring, uh, and I think it, it gives you this extra punch of sort of absinthe kind of quality because it's directly it's macerated in the final. So okay. there's no there's nothing between you and the Pontica, right? It's a direct, it's tea. It, it's like putting color tea bag. Right, right, right. So you're using lemon balm and Pontica are the two are the two big uh, coloring agents, uh, and then there's Grand Absinthe, which is. Uh, uh, which is the thing that has the big thujone level and is, is distilled through. So you're distilling the Grand Absinthe. If you put Grand Absinthe directly for coloring in the final Absinthe, you would have just uh, really, really bitter, hard sort of Absinthe. So, so uh, when, so you, when you... Com- compliments each other. Like a tea. Yeah. But when you say Absinthe, when you're adding Absinthe, what is that specifically? Uh, so it's a plant. It's a, it's a plant. That, that all these all these herbs that I'm talking about are plants, and the and the grand absinthe is uh, it's a is a wort type of plant. It's an old oh, yep. ancient kind of a plant, and uh, it's it's difficult to grow. It likes to grow in arid um, and arid high elevation regions. So we um, are on the eastern seaboard of the United States. Yeah, right. you, you're probably not going to have a lot of success mm-hmm. growing grand absinthe. Where do you get yours? Well, there are good grand absinthe growers, but you have to be careful. You have to make sandy soil so that it's well drained, and right. so you can get it. You can get it to happen. And and where I get grand absinthe is a whole another is a whole another story so, that we'll we'll talk about as we're tasting my absinthe because okay. it'll 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 come up. It's a major it's a major theme of oh my god, um, we need better grand absinthe. How's that going to happen? Right, right, right. And is that the same as wormwood? When, when people talk about the word wormwood? Yeah, yeah so I absinthe. think that's what most people are going to think when they think of wormwood, is they're okay. going to think of that absinthe. There's also this lesser absinthe, this pontica that yes. I was mentioning. Yes. If you said wormwood to me, I'd say, well, grand or lesser. So is it grand absinthe or is it pontica? Interesting. It's complex. It is. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, it, it takes it back to alchemy and, you know, go back in history and all these herbalists. And, yeah. you know, you, you have to mm-hmm. have this... this knowledge base history. of yeah. plants, how yeah. the plants interact, yeah. um, what herbs interact. You know, uh, Jerry Thomas, the bartender's guide that dates back to the you know 1850s, you get a lot of people that get this, this bartender's guide, which has recipes in it, 
And there's a big warning at the beginning of the of the book saying, do be careful, do not replicate some of these herbal <laughs> infusions because the herbs back then, they were allowed today. <laughs> right. They, yeah. they interact with each other right. and are right. potentially <laughs> extremely poisonous. Right. You right. Know? Right. Yeah, many of the recipes that were around in the mid-1800s in, in Paris and France at the height of the liqueur production, uh, I've had privy to some of those recipes. And many of those recipes um, now contain... Uh, carcinogens, they contain endangered species, they contain toxins, and it's defined by the United States government, so it can seem kind of random, because one thing will be allowed in Europe, but not in the United States. So it can be really, really tricky. You can get a recipe book with 100 recipes, and in the end, you find three or four that you, you, can, you can possibly right. make. Right. Yeah. So in addition to just trying to cipher what they were thinking, right. um, you have to then figure out, am I going to hurt anybody with this? And the government <laughs> right. will help you with that, because you have to give them recipes, uh, and it's in your interest to give them accurate recipes because if right. they ever do an analysis on your right. liqueur and they find something right. that you didn't declare, you're, you you're shut down. You're done. <laughs> you're done. Yeah. You're, yeah. They made it legal, but they're not, you know, they, to certain quantities, you know, it's yeah, all, right. yeah, the Thujone can't exceed certain levels. So, so, um, yeah, so Abthus is not legal, but you can't just go and add a lot of thujone. You can't add a lot of grand uh, wormwood. So you can't sweeten bourbon with uh, tobacco spit anymore? <laughs> <laughs> Why not? If, uh, if you were lucky if it was prune juice. <laughs> yeah. you, you could have you in Italy. Oh, you well, there you, you go. sweeten the carbon. <laughs> there you go. That's fine, too. That's fine, too. Um, awesome. So how did... Uh, d- uh, there's so, so Lou... There's so many different ways to drink absinthe. One of the reasons why I didn't, like, I'm mm. a, kind of a novice to absinthe. I'm a you are. You are. Um, there's some very simple ways of drinking it, some more complex. You want to take us through some of the different sure. different ways um, of consuming, and, let's, and then we'll, maybe we'll start trying. Yeah, we're going to, yeah, we're definitely going to go through. We've got an, an assortment today. I brought some of your standards, like a standard Swiss, a French, an American, and uh, we'll finish off with some Pernod Fee from. Bottled in 1900. Wow. Um, so this, one, this one's, this is older Pre-band. than all of us, so that's a good one. That'll be a fun one to wrap up. And, and you know, Stephen's got some immense ones to try here, too. I've been having a great time getting to sample his as they come along. Um, the standard traditional method would have been what you would see in a lot of your, you know, books and films would be you take a one part absinthe typically to three to four parts water and you would often do that with your if you like the sweetener you would do your slotted spoon with a little bit of sugar on it in the Belle Epic France they loved sweet so they would pile lots of sugar on that spoon oh, wow. yeah, I, I, some folks like if, if you tend to like your your drinks a little more you know bitter a little more biting you don't necessarily want the sugar um, and you there's you know come of the some of the different methods is pouring your carafe using your fountains the drippers the seesaw drippers and the brulliers a whole bunch of, I don't know if I'm pronounced I always wonder about if I say that word right so the the idea is you put some absinthe in a glass and then you drip some water through some sugar and uh, it has an effect on the absinthe because of some properties the reaction, of the absinthe. Yeah, yeah, you get your luching effect, yeah, which the is luching, fun to which wash. Which is a, a clouding because the anise oils wow. and the fennel oils are high enough in concentration that as you water down the absinthe, uh, the oils come out of solution and they form like a haze. 
So absinths are typically bottled at very high proof. Um, and one of the reasons is if you don't, they're going to loose in the bottle, right? Because they, right. because the oils will start to come out right. of solution. So it's one of the ways you know you've got a really good absinthe is if it looses at fairly high proof, you know that somebody's put a lot of concentration of herbs in there. And it takes a lot. It's a lot of herbs to make absinthe really work. It's mm. expensive I'm sure. uh, to do. Um, so it's a, it's a real good sign of quality. It's not that it looks cool. The reason yeah. that absinthe people <laughs> want to see that louche happen and the quality of the louche, um, it should have like a mother of pearl type of look to it because of the way that light reflects through oil droplets in solution, which is what's going on here. Yeah. So you get this like mother of pearl iridescent effect, which is the, really the green fairy was this was this iridescent effect. And then they elaborated that. And while well, you'll see it in your dreams, well, no, it's right, it's right there. Right there. <laughs> that was what they were referring to was that louching effect too. And then some of the glasses now, they got fancy with the glasses where you have the bubble glasses where the louche happens in a little chamber and you could, it almost looks like a yeah. fire is starting and the yeah. smoke is swirling so that can be kind of fun to, but the it, traditional method is damn. you know yeah. what you see mostly yeah. but that, I, I really I really like that idea if I were going to design an apparatus to serve absinthe on I would design one that really played on the creation yeah. of the iridescence through the added water and the oil droplets and all that stuff that's going on so we'll, because we'll, we'll be able to purchase that from you next year <laughs> <laughs> that's going to be on a uh, it's going to be on the shelf somewhere I see your, I see like the gears going like let's see glass blower yeah I can <laughs> the newest thing I've seen with the glass too which was interesting I just picked one up um, I believe this originated either in New Orleans or Chicago is the slipstream glass for absinthe it it looks like a little smoke pipe, basically, and it's it's kind of you, you put your absinthe in the bottom, and it's it's got a glass straw that's attached. So it's got your different chambers. You put your absinthe chamber in the bottom, ice like in the bong. middle. Damn. Yeah, kind of looks like a bong, I guess. <laughs> and then you pour your water through and the it top. Falls out, or and yeah, it, it kind of yeah. goes around. It's it looshes in there, but then you sip it through your straw. It looshes into the straw, and so that's and it's, crazy. It's yeah. a, a more of an instant, you know, with your fountain, which I, I love using the fountains to yeah. watch the and and really the louche comes out with a slower drip. The slipstream works cool, but it's for those who need their absinthe right now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> your glass yeah. is ready I, in thirty I, seconds. I haven't got time to wait for this. Yeah, I had I had no idea the, the science the, behind the. The looshing effect is is and it's cool. It really it like I've I'm not one to really think about that kind of thing, but you can't help but think about it in absinthe. And I've always thought that the the green fairy is not just that you're adding water and getting this iridescent effect. It's that if if you have a drip very carefully, and if your dripper has a piece of wire coming out of it, you can get a very fine stream. So if you enter the water in a very fine stream rather than a drip, as it hits the absinthe and looshes, it'll form like a like a like a dress looking thing where it hits and comes down. And so you can create an iridescent that looks like a fairy's dress oh, inside wow. the glass. Yeah, so, so yeah, I, I, I've been thinking about how That's to... Actually, and then saying, well, there's there's the green fairy. And then yeah. people can rid themselves of all this marketing right. stuff right. that right. says right. you're going to see hallucinations. <laughs> and you can get back, well, isn't that typical of what humans do? They take this, this ordinary uh, natural process and they elaborate it yeah. into a mental right. process. Right, right, right. And I've definitely... I've seen the difference in the looshing. I've seen oh, yeah? uh, just in the little experience that I've had with it is um, some some turn. You know, there's a spectrum of yep. looshing, and um, but that's kind of cool. So if we have an absent, that's one thing we're going to look out for is 
how it looshes out yeah. or, or you, becomes I feel like cloudy. I'm in a science lesson. Yeah, right you, you don't want it to be too turns in- cloudy, mate. <laughs> <laughs> I think there's a, there's a good range. You want it to look iridescent and, and gauze. You want it to be. You don't want it to be too heavy because then it's white. Mm-hmm. But you don't want it to be too light because then it's too ephemeral. Right. Mm-hmm. So so it's not just the more the better. It's not like that at all. Right. It just is because as it gets too heavy, then you lose this nice this nice visual effect. So. Yeah, you want a nice thick louche, but it should, shouldn't really change. Uh, you know, it shouldn't be so much that it, yeah, you become it, you know you don't want this white you know white yeah right. Muck. <laughs> it but, should still have a great, right. you know, thickness to it, but a nice coloring, right. and you know, uh, you know really, the, the plants yeah. should really help with that. I, mean, I like. I, I think this this conversation is also very indicative because here we are going on about about this coloring effect as long as we've been going on about the flavor, and uh, I think that that's one of the reasons the absinthe is seen as the king of spirits because, and then I'll give a further reason as we're tasting yeah, why yeah. I think it's seen that way. But I think this is why absinthe is such a special thing because it, this visual effect is just as interesting as the flavor effect and there's histories and, and all this conversation that we're having on absinthe. It's, it'd be very hard to do this with uh, Grand Marnier. Mm. Yeah. That's cool. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. Too, speaking of some of those, of those kind of liquors and all, and one of the things that you'll see it, that really became a, a Hollywood almost thing is flaming your absinthe. Um, if you're, you know, in a nice circle of absinthe traditionalists, you will get shamed very badly for flaming your absinthe. Right, right. That was really created in the Czech Republic in the 90s to caramelize your sugar. And they would, you know, pour a little bit of absinthe. And it wasn't use, using a slotted spoon dripping like in movies like Moulin Rouge and From Hell. You'll see these depiction of them lighting their... You're going to light yourself on fire that <laughs> yeah, way, yeah, quite yeah. honestly. And Just why would you want to burn a, a why great would you tasting wanna, exactly, bourbon yeah. or, or a whiskey? Yeah. You know, why would you do that? Yeah. So they would caramelize the sugar in a regular spoon and then stir that into the absinthe. So then it became more of a thing that you would it was a visual thing that Hollywood kind of ran right. with you know I, I, like oh well, it looks cool there but eh, flaming your absinthe isn't really a <laughs> I, thing don't, don't flame your absinthe don't flame your absinthe <laughs> you got that I'll try not to flame my absinthe <laughs> I, guess, I, guess you could, I can't you, guarantee you, it you could do that experiment to flame your absinthe and you notice that as the flame consumed the alcohol that the absinthe would, would louse right, yeah, in right, the spoon right. so it's a nice little uh, chemistry experiment but, uh, but, but it's not <laughs> what you want right. but, but beyond that it's not what you want to serve well, Let's let's try some absinthe. All right. All right. Yes, I think so. Where would you even start? I guess, you know, I, I'm thinking, obviously, you know, you'd think, well, history, but we sh- I would think we should save history for the end because this agree. is the official 1900 per no. And I have, when we get to the to the 19th, you know, the 121-year-old absinthe, I have some questions about okay. that, too. Okay. Um, but, yeah, since it comes from the origin of the hills of Switzerland. I figured let's start with a classic Swiss that's been around for a long time. The Game Hubler. Um, so And then maybe whoops. then we can... We'll do one of mine and we'll go back, yeah, we'll go back and forth. We're going to do a... We have another podcast to do, so we're going to do a very small amount. <laughs> well, you don't, you're not required to drink all of it. It's got a very light color. It's almost like a blanche. Yeah. This, this, this is uh, the Swiss is considered the La Bleu. Yeah, so okay. it's more so of it's your a blue. This is a Swiss absinthe. So absinthe, absinthe is known to come from Switzerland, correct? 
originated in Switzerland okay. and and also became very popular and associated with French distilleries. But okay. yeah, originated in Switzerland. Okay. Um, a lot of French and mm. and then during the prohibition, it was never um, a lot of the companies moved into Spain because it never actually got banned in Spain. <coughs> yeah, beautiful notes on this beautiful, beautiful. Uh, soft herbal, and that's what's so impressive about uh, absinthe. It takes it's, me back to my youth, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, this it's, is it's, the, the Kubler Fifty Three from this is a, this is at what uh, ABV? What uh, uh, proof? Oh, this is uh, the Kubler's Fifty Five. Okay. Oh, sorry, this one's 53. Sorry. I'm, I'm, yeah, 106. So that's right sort of in the, the name. low end. That'd be the low end. So you get an idea with absence, yeah. just how high proof these things are. It's a beautiful, soft, her- uh, yeah, delicate really. herbal. Yeah. Not, not jumps out, but these soft things. And again, if you think that that absinthe is just purely a, a fennel anise flavor, there's a, I don't know. I mean, you definitely get that. Uh, oh, 100%, mate. But there's so much more going on. Yep. There's all sorts going on. Yeah. And the flavor is much more direct. There's some star anise in here. There's Ooh. some real power. You yeah. know, it's, so the, it's, it's a little bit of a, yeah, it's a bit of a right. They fake, go for the right? slightly more bitter than a lot, a lot of your French um, absence you may notice or will tend to be a little less on the bitter side. I yeah. definitely get a, it, it retreats into a briny. Mm. Oh, wow. That's um, good. Like it, 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 it's a yeah. play on the, on it's the like, tongue. It's, it's like alcoholic soup. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's, it's got yeah. Bo- it's got body. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's so, there's a lot going on there. Yeah, and it's I like I, how we I keep really, coming back to soup. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I, re- I really like the effect though of the nose so delicate, and then you taste it. It's like yeah. wow, you yeah. know, just punch. But then the finish of the flavor is right back where the nose yeah. was. That, yeah, you know, that's a flower blooms. That's and, good, and man. Fades and 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 that's that's great. And I, I mean, I did the smallest sip, and it's just. Yeah, well, that's going. all you need. It's an explosion, <laughs> yeah. explosion of flavor. It keeps flavor. trucking. Yeah. 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 10 in the morning on Sunday, it's, <laughs> it's all you need. It's, a little, it's 10 one thing, I, one thing I did kind of take a look at, and this, it's a theory I have that I want to see, if it, is that you look in your mouth and you see if there's like a an interesting feeling inside the, your yes. mouth. Yes. Like it's not the typical texture. There's some kind of extra dimension going on. Yeah, 100%. There's, it's almost like it's it's uh, it's playing with the nerves in your tongue. Yeah, it's There's... like an anesthetizing effect on your epithelial cells. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Perfect. So you get this, it's like champagne has a dimension over wine in the yes. bubbles, and uh, maybe absinthe is considered the king of liqueurs because it has this extra textural dimension. Uh, so something to watch. Look, uh, we're lousing we in the little... So do we <laughs> want to try a little of the Kubler with some water? Sure. Sure. Let's do it. Okay. All right. So I still... That changes dimensions? Yep. Oh. So normally you wouldn't you wouldn't present absinthe so in a straight is form. So this sugar See water. That changes. Nope. nope. This, nope. Just that regular water. No sugar. We're leaving the sugar out today. Okay. So this is as is. And I uh, obviously I just a, just a couple of drops. Yeah. Yeah. Just yeah. And you can do it yourself with your water. Your yes. Okay. Just try to think about what three to one might be. Yeah. If you. Have a little fun. Go slow yeah, and the the, the Lucian, this is a change. it's a it's a little uh, to me on the less mother of pearl and more on the white uh, yeah. side. And, yeah. and in the flavor, I detect quite a bit of star anise, and the star anise gives this big oily effect, which leads to these these oh. really bright white 
Lucius. I don't think there's anything wrong with that, but I just prefer sort of the mother of pearl. Me effect too. Just add in the yeah, water. This, this just is the, the look of it. You can see it's the slightly crazy. sky bluish tint to there. It's totally. the, you know, the, right. the, the white. Right. And that's how you blue. know this is not a fennel based. This this has it's anise and it probably has a fair amount of star anise. So star anise is just pure oil, not a lot of delicacy. Cheers, guys. Cheers, Cheers folks. Thanks for having us. Asante. Asante. It's awesome. Cheers, mate. Back on the road. There you go. Totally different experience. There you go. Right? Yeah. Oh, totally different. Yeah. Isn't they used that... to they used to drink it like beer, and you can see well, how this is. Yeah. This oh, that's not dangerous. So bad. This is, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But in this in this watered effect, it has a really everyday kind of um, yeah. quality to it. Yeah, and that's why I, Hemingway would tell you drink three to five slowly daily. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we we got it. Lou introduced us to a drink uh, a couple of weeks ago. Uh, called Death in the Afternoon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was an early, I, no, early night, huh? I, I want to say it was the first drink of the day for me, and I had to try it. It's champagne and uh, um, it's just champagne and absinthe. Absinthe. And let me tell you, you know me, I, I'm a professional. Like I can, I can drink. I can drink. <laughs> I had three sips of this. I myself am not. You are not. <laughs> I've had, I had three sips of this death in the afternoon. Done. It was a fantastic, when you, when the, the absinthe, the tasting, the, the tingling on your palate mixed with the champagne and the small bubbles, but three sips. Done. And I was, I, I had to have a seat. <laughs> <laughs> but it was a wonderful buzz. I highly suggest it. And Just, a comfy seat. Yeah. I had to hear that. So thank you. That's awesome. All right, so let's. All right, so now we're going to move into Stout Ridges. Uh, yeah, so we'll pour uh, yeah. one of my absinthe. This, this one we're pouring is called Absinthe Nocturne. I've named all my absinthe after Chopin piano pieces, um, and so this is the the Nocturne liqueur. Uh, one thing to, to note on the label is very often uh, absinthe is taken to a dark side because of all these mystery Negative, stories. Right. For me, right. uh, it's a walk in the woods in the yeah. sun dappled path. That's cool. And so all of my labels, if you see, are are let's, happy. Yeah, let's. How Thank about you, we Stephen. we we just enjoy <laughs> right a, a walk in the woods? Yes, yeah, right. Switzerland. <laughs> right. You know, let's not think um, about it too much. So, let's not do too. So the the uh, but this is a liqueur, and now absinthe is not uh, typically a liqueur. Liqueur indicates the presence of a lot of sugar, and we're talking about adding sugar. It's not added previous to, okay. um, and it's a. I'll do a real real quick story on it. I had um, I had uh, was working with a guy named Juan Garza. Uh, Juan Jail Garza is very well known in the absinthe world. It may be the most knowledgeable absinthe person in the United States. Um, he's sometimes known as Tito. Uh, and, yep. Uh, yep. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, um, he was here for a while. Uh, as I was trying to elucidate absinthe, he was like, you know, warp speed, taking me into the into the absinthe universe. Um, one of the problems that we had is we were having a hard time finding the grand absinthe, right? The, the big herb, the herb that you need. You know, this yeah. is the thing you need to call it absinthe. And so uh, we were sourcing from all over the place and we were just having trouble. It's not easy to find high quality uh, grand absinthe. And so we were a little stymied on that. Then COVID hits and uh, it all falls apart. I, you know, we, yeah. I, I still don't have any full-time employees, right. you know, so there was yep. no way. So anyway, um, I had a bunch of absinthe laying around that we had been working on. Um, that didn't have any grand absinthe because we're we're playing around with these non-grand absinthe, and so uh, after a couple of months of oh, okay, I want to pursue this, I decided, well, what am I going to do, right? Because I don't have good grand absinthe, but I have this stuff that tastes pretty damn good, even though it has no grand absinthe. And I said, I, I can't release it as as absinthe. 
because maybe I can get away with it. Some people, but if anybody that knows absinthe really well is eventually going to say, right. hey, so I made it a liqueur. Basically, I substituted the bitterness of the grand absinthe with sugar. With sugar. Right. And then I Hence can signal the to right. the cognoscente and absent that I wasn't playing any games. Here's a liqueur. Right. So it's kind of a neat thing because for a, for a new person or for if you're behind a bar yeah, and, right. and someone wants an absinthe, this is not bitter. This is a little sweet. Right. You know, and it's so it, it was turning those early experiments, leaving the grand wormwood yeah. out. And so it's anyway. in the it's in the world of absinthe. I, it's I, in, right. You'll see. It's very very similar to and his uh, introduction to with this. I think would would give uh, someone who's not as familiar with absinthe a much better understanding because back when you were making absinthe, when it was popular and legal, it was traditional that the consumer make their own glass, not the bartender. And bartenders would, you know, nowadays you would think bartenders are going to think, I need to give them a good, you know, drink. So they would often prepare it much too strong for someone. Right. So it was normally you would give in your dose and then you made it to your taste. Right, right, right. So if we look at the nose on this, I think it's not that different no, from, not the, from the nose on the not first one. There's a, there's a, actually, I think there's a little more complexity there's, here. Yeah, definitely a presence yeah. of something in there that's, yeah. mm, there's a, I, I can't pinpoint yeah. it. I think if you put a winemaker behind flavor profiles, you always end up with a better complex balance. Right. Oh, it's wonderful. Ooh. Yeah. This yeah. goes right, though. This, I think yeah. this is smoother... Right across the tongue, though. Wow. Very different. Oh. And Much more herbal. And mm. then it... Yeah, fruity. And it's still developing. Yeah. Yeah, it changes every two it's minutes. still changing on your yeah. tongue. And the yeah. anise is no longer like anise right. hit in the head. Right. Now right. it's anise kind of like... There's like a... a, a a core it's like that's a emanating cloud. flavor. Right. Mm-hmm. Well. Yeah, there's like a there's like this core and the flavor is like falling off of it. God, that is wonderful. That's a really nice uh, effect. And whatever proof it's at, that's a respectable like. Yeah. So this is at 114 proof. Yeah. Um, it needs to be because you'll see. But the flavor comes right. Yeah. The, that's where the flavor. And uh, it has two and a half percent sugar, which is the the minimum I can use to call it a liqueur. So it's, oh, really? just a, it's just a tiny bit of sugar. You, you see right. when you taste this, it doesn't taste really sweet. No, no not, not at, at all. all. So that's the thing. I, it's I, it's a the, balance. Yeah. It's a balance. Yeah. It needed it, to be balanced. It is missing Grand Wormwood, but it's hard to say. Like, if I were to say to you right now, like, where's... because It may be because the first one wasn't really intense on Grand Wormwood either. Right. So. Well, that's wonderful. Very good. All right. So now do we add water yep, to this? Add a little water. Okay. going to add it slowly. Yep. It's going to take a little it, more uh, because... And, and yeah. it changes it so much. Right? So add a little bit more. The, so I don't have a lot of star anise in here, so I'm going to get more of a... Yeah, right. Hopefully more cloudy, of, a, right. of, a, of greenish mother yeah, of hair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So you see the green. Yeah. So green fairy, right? Yeah. Yep, green. And if you put it in the light... You can yep. see a mix of green and mother of pearl. Right, and that's, I love that look, right? That's a little more subtle, just like mm-hmm. the flavors were a little more subtle. It's a little more subtle uh, in that's the nuts. colors. You see that nice separation. Green, the greenishness, so mm-hmm. it's a green fairy. This that's is cool. definitely a yeah. green fairy. Right? Little little layer, the oil sitting at the top. Get a photo of that. And it just changes yep. everything. Yeah. Cheers. That is amazing. Yeah. All right. That's weird. Mm-hmm. And good at the same time. Yeah, so the only wormwood in here is Pontica, the lesser oh. wormwood. There's no grand wormwood. And yet, I think you could fool quite a few experts probably with that, with that absinthe. But, right. yeah. 
I wouldn't. I, I wouldn't. I, I really wouldn't add sugar. It's not my. It's not my. Yeah. It's not my bag. Yep. Yep. You know. Um, it, but again, you know, I didn't realize. You know, I thought it was like all these laws. You know, you had to drink absinthe this way. But right. if you plan on going out to get absinthe um, to experience it, it's yeah. it's what you make it. You know how you like it. Um, yeah. Oh, absolutely. I, yeah. I, I like Lou's story about back in the day when you make your own absinthe to yeah. your to your liking. Yeah. Right. Because everyone's palate is different. You know. Exactly. Right. So. Um, yeah. They bring you your dose in your glass. That's you, brilliant. You know, your carafe or that's your brilliant. fountain on the table. That's Everybody, brilliant. You know, yeah. And that's like Stephen's got the, the, right. the four spout. You know, the, it was fun. I, love I, I love having the fountain. You get some friends. Oh, yeah. You make a drink around it, and you awesome. know, you chat while it's yeah. doing yeah. its thing. Yeah. yeah. And uh, you know, it's just a fun ritual there. Make yeah. so, your own taco. Shall we move into yep. France? Sure. Oh, here we go. Let's go to France. France. So oh, I brought oh. some uh, Francois guy, which was um, a long-standing, award-winning uh, French absinthe. Um, and yeah, this is this one. <laughs> I got to play it in the background. Just. This one's. Um, this was also a. 55, so it's not as strong as some of your more common absence. Um, this <laughs> one's been around for a long time, though. It was a fam- you know, long family standing uh, distillery. Then I believe they that the gentleman has just retired within the past couple years. Oh, really? It's still made. You can still get it pretty regularly. What's the distillery again? Um, Francois Guy. Okay. Very different. Cheers, guys. Cheers. Cheers. If you think absinthe is one-dimensional, no, it's every not. single it's, one it's is very complex, and it's <laughs> it's, it's not Perno yeah. and black. This one, out of all the difference that in doing hmm. my oh, totally fun research, different. this one was one of the ones that stood out as one of the my slightly preferred ones. I, I took a li- oh, quite a liking yeah. to this one. There's, there's, a, there's a sweetness I, in there, floral. Yeah, yeah. there's a yeah, lot as, of you know the, the difference in buds. the French. From I, the Swiss right off the bat. Yeah, in I kind of want to say smoky too. Perfumey. Yeah. 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 There's a, like a nuttiness. A yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yep. That's what it is. Nuts. I love discussing because it. Yeah. When They're you're, also different. When it's you're talking, weird. when you're talking about uh, uh, profiling different spirits, uh, you know, it, you know, people will have these. Oh, Tastes of burnt leather, but I think it's <laughs> it's very good. Everyone has a different palate, yeah. And I think when you're discussing spirits and nosing and tasting, I think it should be a conversation, yeah, because yeah. it help it helps people out. Like, help me, yeah, figure think, out what I'm, yeah. And I think with that that when you say everybody has the same palate, I think or everybody has different palates. I think that we all are sensing the exact same flavors, but we all different have way. different words. Yeah, yeah. We Absolutely. all have different Absolutely. different context, different histories Absolutely. of how we talk about things. Absolutely. So it's really kind of a language thing. Yeah, it really is. I don't think there's that much difference between how we actually purely taste because we're so good at tasting. People don't, there's no scientific instrument that can match your ability to taste. And so it's very likely we're all tasting the same thing. It's yeah. just we're, yeah. we're... Let's have a conversation about when it. When we say that we have yeah. different palates, right. it's like we have different words. I actually think... No, you're wrong, Rich. You're wrong. Well, I was about to say that. <laughs> no, I think some people. I, I think some people get offended when you yes. say, "Ooh, you know, I'm not so keen on that." Uh, yeah. But you know what? What do you mean you're not <laughs> tasting cinnamon bark? <laughs> yeah. yeah. You, totally. th- with this you one too, uh, something I want to mention to you guys because you, you, uh, with your tastes and all, especially your your all your knowledge is and all of our different with the Francois guy. Once you add the water, um, this one in uh, this one to me was one of the absence that. 
most closely captured the essence of of the pre-ban absence that have sat for years and And years and years. You can see you've got this louche that's, again, it's the the iridescence. It's more subtle. Yeah, really. And iridescent. And so, like thicker. There's yeah. a, oh, Matt described it to me once, which was a great word he put on it, was a chalkiness yeah. in yeah. it yeah. That, that is more present to me in the pre-ban absence than a lot of the uh, modern absence. But the, the beautiful florality, I don't, I'd like to know what it is that's giving that all that florality. I agree. And I, I would have to say this is, I prefer it without, I think I may have added too much water. Okay. Because uh, I lost some of the, the floral kind of um, notes. No, I, I think no, <laughs> no, I'm, the, I, 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 wanna, I think the floral does kind of dissipate with the addition of the water. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You get back to the base herbs. But this is definitely made with, with very little star anise. A lot of, uh, uh, um, you know, a lot of anise and fennel. Probably yeah. very fennel-based. Yeah, yeah and, very fennel. And the, uh, beautiful. Again, we're back to the green fairy here. We're back to an iridescent yeah. green. I could drink this ice... <laughs> As, yeah, as I mentioned, this is a favorite. One eight hundred Uber. Yeah. <laughs> and, and the nice thing, guys, is uh, Francois Guy comes in liter bottles. Most of them don't. <laughs> so do I. Pairing this with like some good, good uh, comfort French food, like pomme frites. Ha ha ha! Good baguette. All right. All right. So now we're we're coming Steven, we're coming back to, back to Stout Ridge. Yeah, so uh, so then I found a good source after Tito had left. We I found a I mentioned Mount Defiance before, and the owner of Mount Defiance, um, Peter Aif, has uh, become a friend of mine, and he grows a lot of his own herbs. So um, and uh, he came by, and I was tasting him on the uh, the absinthe nocturne, and he said, uh, "How much grand uh, absinthe is in this?" And I'm like, "Well, yeah, none." He goes, uh, "Then you shouldn't call it absinthe." And I said, "I didn't. I called it absinthe liqueur." And so he was sort of begrudgingly on board with that idea. I said, "It's a pretty big signal," um, but then he took pity on me. He said, "It's pretty damn good for no for no grand absinthe." So I'm going to send you some of mine that I grew in my garden down That's in cool. Virginia. So he sent that to me, and I ah. I used it all up in the produ- in the production of one batch, giant big batch of uh, of absinthe, and so it's a traditional vert style. So. Um, green style with the coloring. You said vert? Yep. And this has, And that means what? It basically green. means it's a green, green. color. So okay. the, the oh, first one we okay. tried was pretty clear. So that's yeah. a blanche or a okay. blue. Mm-hmm. So there's there's my blanche, a really light. Um, but then when they have this green, when you're steeping it in, we talked before about the lemon balm, the pontica, and you're adding the colors to it. Gotcha. So that's traditionally called a vert. So this is not a liqueur. This is the traditional because that's because I got a very nice uh, grand absinthe from uh, from Peter. So thank you, Peter. And this is... Um, that's really cool. That's awesome. And so this is the real deal. So we should see some... Okay. So poor me. It's is it ironic that Stephen has a green microphone cover? Yeah. Oh, I set that up deliberately when you gave me the mics. It's all about the fog. Cheers. There was thought in that one. Yeah. <laughs> so now, um, so this uh, this is 136 proof, which would be sort of wow. traditional proofing. So yeah. Um, so be, be aware. <laughs> That's your standard. And <laughs> this is why you don't want to flame absinthe because yeah. 136. Exactly. Yeah, seriously, um, that's how your eyebrows yeah, off. Yeah, it's a fire hazard. <laughs> <laughs> but again, I, I gave what it a nice, we? bright, 
I love the frog with the big green frog on that. He's awesome. Yeah, I I love that uh, coming back to you mentioning that and your your imagery because when I talk to a lot of my absinthe friends, they're always like, you know, it always turns me off when I see a skull on the bottle. (laughs) (laughs) Because that's what people think. Oh, it's going to die. No, it doesn't. (laughs) That's right. Happy face. (laughs) So, scherzo after Chopin scherzo. So, uh, that's brilliant. Brilliant. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers, all. Cheers. And the smell oh, so, really, smells the nose so, is really so nice. And and so different than the others. Yeah, yeah right. See, this has a wonderful um They all do. And but different. Different. Yeah, but it almost it's has amazing this, how like, they all uh, change. Yeah. They're like all if the you same, but different. Yeah. melted uh, some sweet I'll tarts. <laughs> yeah, it's got almost I'll a waxiness to it. What I like about it is there's no singleness to it. It's it's like the previous one, strong floral. This is not like that. It's all over the place. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's totally different. That's my favorite so far. <laughs> You've said that every time. <laughs> <laughs> We're going in a good direction, man. Yeah, I think the I think that <laughs> that and and that one, yeah, yeah, the Francois guy. Yeah, mm-hmm. I actually really enjoyed that one. The, the original Swiss, Swiss. The Swiss. The, 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 it's right well, there. Maybe it's because the first one I had. See, for me, it's a, it's an a exp- water. it's an experience. Like it 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 lasts. It lasts up to a minute. Well, it's like paint. Oh, yeah. It's like paint samples. <laughs> like, <laughs> like you know, you're looking for a blue. Right. So you try yeah. many different wow. blues, right. mm-hmm. and they all stand out differently, and they're all as attractive as each other, but they're different blues. Yeah. So one's a little lavendery. One's exactly. Little, yeah. And this has this That's awesome. Looshes into exactly what you're saying. This mother of pearl yeah. with some mm-hmm. green. You can still see some green, and uh, you know. Uh, before this, I just, I really thought it all looshed the same. No, definitely <laughs> no. not. Absolutely not. There's always a different loosh. God, I'm such an idiot. <laughs> what There's I love a little, about the loosh. Yeah, loose loser. A little more intensity <laughs> of the looshing in this than yeah. the previous one. Yeah, and you put it up towards the sunlight. And it's um, a, a, how it's the flavors come out when yeah. you when you mix with the water. Right. Like, I, I'm often it's mixing totally it. Di- and so the, different. Yeah, people yeah. standing around the table are like, oh, I can smell that yeah. now. You know, it's amazing it's how crazy. it comes out yeah, this, as you're... This loosh is, is just... Is, I, that's crazy. Wow. It's two for the price of one. That's cool. Mm. Smooth. Smooth. Right. Wow. I could drink that all day. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, I would love Mate. to do the, the, the uh, death in the afternoon with this. Yeah, yeah right. Yep. We'll, have to, oh, we'll have to try that next time. <laughs> this uh, and it's, it's next weekend. It's if you're you know, if you're listening to this podcast, a lot of people have if they have experience, it's usually with, uh, you know, this store bought lucid or or perno. Or which absente. is which is just so one dimensional, and then you suddenly, it's like, well, no, I don't like absinthe. Well, you mm. haven't really experienced it, right? So I don't think a lot of people actually know about it. I think you're right. Oh wow, that's fantastic. Okay, yeah, very good. Goal. Mm. Also, a very good, a little bit of this. If you're tasting spirits. Sometimes you need a, a, a little bit more product on the palate to get a full picture of what's going yeah. on. I, I, and I, Rich All is, right. is going to laugh. I, I wanted to ask Stephen on this one. There's because I'm still developing, identifying some of the taste. What is there's something 
botanical in there that that gives it that extra nice mint smoothness. So Ooh, the, the mint is, is probably the hyssop. Okay, but I think the smoothness is the lemon balm. All right. Mm. So I'm using lemon balm, and I just said at the end that I was going to tell you something about lemon balm is that often absinthe can develop really kind of spice, spiky flavor yeah. characteristics where this where the where things kind yeah, of right. are jumping. Yeah, right, right. You know, need a little hair gel on yep. there. Right, right. That's, a, that's, a, that's a very good and analogy. I think, I think there's a reason lemon balm is called lemon balm. <laughs> yeah. Because when you put lemon balm in yep. a spiky spirit, it balms it. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. like, just, uh, of course, yeah. that's why they would. So it's beautiful. It's and it's not. So it's not only used for coloring. It it's used. Out. It used to chill it out. Yeah, to say, yeah. Get the ends back into itself. That's cool. You want the absinthe to, to, to develop cool. internally, not to that's spike cool. out. Uh huh. So, yeah. question for you: Absinthe. What food would you pair with it? Oh wow. Stephen, I'm going to leave that with you on that. <laughs> one. Okay, so I yeah, no, I don't know. I just no throw problem. it out so, there. So get get your French Alps and your Swiss Alps cookbook. Mm. Yeah, and yeah, and that's all you bunch need of to know. Bread, yeah. cheese, and meat. I do have a, yes. a uh, an absinthe recipes book at home. Oh, dear. That uh, it was interesting and it was a lot. Yeah, it was a lot of French, French and Swiss, but uh, yeah, fondues. Fish yep. and chicken. Yep. A lot of yep. those. I don't yeah, the I things see that. I saw. Yeah, like, yeah. You know, I wouldn't have a big roast with this, like yeah. a Sunday roast. <laughs> yeah. but, no. I, but again, that's totally up to. No, if I'd that's, have a fondue, though. I, yeah, I would too. Yeah. yeah. Yep. But I think it's. Nice a, cheese fondue. Yeah, what is. Yeah, cheese yes. dishes and yep. salt. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And it's got. This has very long. Look at the flavor profile. It just keeps going. It's still going. Yeah, <laughs> you can still examine it. Now. We're it's we're been, minutes. Absolutely. Yeah, we're minutes past the last. And in wine, this is one of the holy grails. Is to have this happen. Where yeah, um, if you're wondering what my absinthe tastes like five minutes after you tasted it, well, you're still there. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. That's great. All right. So All right. where are we next? Um. Next. I, I, I think we. we I think we're good for like two more. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I got yeah. I got the butterfly and the um, the pernofi we have to wrap up with. So okay. the that one's definitely last. So the please. butterfly was when when absinthe really got popular in the Bell Epic. There was a maker who moved to Boston, the, and this is what America's what's Bell Epic. Um, the Bell Epic was like the the that era in France um, of the late eighteen hundreds, early nineteen hundreds, like kind of like Art their Deco. their roaring twenties. Okay. Okay. Um, so. This the the distillery relocated into Boston, and they made America's first authentic um, absinthe, Butterfly, which of course went away with prohibition. But then when it came back, the family some I, I, apparently someone from the family was still living in the Massachusetts area and has reignited Butterfly with their original recipe from I believe it was like eight the like late 1800s, early 1900s. So Beautiful. Butterfly is very traditionally made, but right here um, in the U.S. That's cool. Um, I love the this one. It has a, quite a unique, a very, very authentic, very thick green. as yeah, well. Yeah, look at the the green is a, yeah. is a really uh, yeah. crazy. iridescent kind of a green. It's... Um, and it's original Baston yeah, recipe. Like technicolor kind of a green. Yeah, it's very... Um, and Stephen, you can answer this question. Is this would this be distilled after the maceration? So you do. It's a combination. You okay. do some distilling and then you do some macerating. The macerating, um, typically, people think of it for color, but as we just talked about with the lemon balm, which yep. is one of the macerated things, you're doing that also to contain flavor spikes. Okay. Um, and also with the pontica, I think it also you get a little bit of extra thujone 
shove um, with the pontica that you're also macerating. Okay. Like a lesser absinthe. This is like grassy. Right? Mm, yeah, I see. Yeah, I see. I can... Uh, I'm not sure if it's the cut. Good description, yeah. Maybe not... Maybe it's the color. Yeah. I don't know. But I think I think there's I'm mint. Going I think there's mint in here too. I think yeah. that, that yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that that bright green is Very actually present, some yeah. mint, which would not really be all that traditional. Hyssop is minty, mm-hmm. right. but this may be just the slightest touch of peppermint or something that's right. in it. I'm, yes. I'm just guessing. I, I think I don't yeah, want to, that peppermint <laughs> seems to nail it. I think you're on that one. Yeah, yeah right. It also va- kind of vaporizes in your mouth. Yeah. it's mm. very volatile. Yeah, so yeah. you breathe it's good for your in. Yeah, you breathe in on it's, this one, and you can really nice when you do the the water as well with butterfly. Butterfly, I noticed, was a, a much thicker louche than average. Yeah. Although I don't, I don't get a lot of star anise in here, which is a good sign because, it, but a lot of anise. So a lot of anise um, and fennel Lucian. definitely keeps Lucian. its green on the, on yeah. the louche. On the oh, look at that. Mother of pearl, and then it turns. A good it goes through an experience as the light. Yeah, it really does. It. Yeah. yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. It's it, like, it changes it's like and rainbow. then it then it thickens. And then it's like a blue lid. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's whatever crazy. that other color is in there. That's really uh, it. giving it a different kind yeah. of a... It's that's really amazing. nice. That's the green fairy. That's yeah. crazy. Or, or you've had too much. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> this is... Wow, this is fantastic. This has, to me, a that, that kind of chalky feel. Yep. Um, yeah, right? That's That's that... It's um, at the end. I'm sticking with grassy. This is the this of all the ones that we have has the most sort of what I would call an external flavor profile. The yeah, really. flavors are coming out at you. Yeah. Whereas yeah. in the others, you kind of yeah. had to dive in. Yeah. This one is like, nah, we're yeah. in America. No, it's all. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but it's the perfect. Lucian, beautiful, yeah. Beautiful color, nice yeah. flavors. Yeah. I love that you can you can get this one locally and just a fun, you know, oh, really? if you're into the collecting thing too, the nice thing about all of these, like I would love with you guys, you hand bottle yeah. and hand label everything, the, you know, energy efficient, you, you can't beat that. Butterfly right. also, they, they are a little on that path too. They, they sign and number every bottle, okay. so it's kind of cool. You know, and you, you, know, you get something a little personal. They're out of Boston. Yes. Okay. So wicked good absent. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Wow. Very nice. Th- th- this has been a f- huge spectrum of flavor and experience. All right. Mm. So we're moving on to. Yeah, we wrap this up with a really. Uh, well, I have where it's. Oh, we got, oh, you yeah. have that with you today. Yeah, oh, it's surprise! The, it's the first sweet. Uh, it's the first non-distillers tasting of our of our absinthe blanche. So, we've come out That's with what we call absinthe prelude. Again, it's Chopin prelude, and uh, this is absinthe blanche. So this is and this is wooden pop distilled. So I don't want to really, so, really get so into awesome. it, but um, so amazing. To distillers out there, this is actually distilled in a wood pot, so you can wrap your minds around that. But um, but this is. A blanche, so I haven't done any of the maceration, the post maceration. So this is an entirely distilled uh, product, product. Uh, and um, and so I was just one of the things about absinthe production is you use you typically use a copper still, but the guys that are really trying to get the best absinthe will tin the copper. Mm-hmm. They'll put a tin coating, or a chef, a chef that wants really subtle um, saucepan will have the saucepan tinned. And it's because the tin is a less reactive metal than the copper, and the copper can destroy some flavor products that the tin will leave behind. So having a background in chemistry, I was like, well, you know, um, you know, you look at the electronegativity chart of the periodic table, and you'll see that tin is not all that different from copper. Sure, it's better, but 
you do a lot better if you use something like cellulose fiber, right? So wood. So, so I tried it out. I, I had a, a pot made that would what I could uh, utilize. It still has a copper top, but the pot is uh, made of wood. I thought if, if it's important and absent that we don't destroy flavors due to metals um, reacting with the flavors, why not go to, well, there's a lot of good reasons not to go to a wood pot, but if you can do it, um, then you might get a, a flavor profile that really is indicative of how maybe absinthe began. Right. Um, not made in a, in, a, in a copper still, less, less metal and more sort of wood in the, in the still product. So that's the, uh, the inspiration behind absinthe blanche. So, absinthe launch. There we go. So, non excited. Yeah. This yeah. is, you're the first guys to taste this. All right. Other than my assistant distiller. I got a sneak peek <laughs> at the bottles last week when I was here. So, I was you're waiting. Like, I was keeping on. it under wraps. <laughs> Ooh, I get like. So, again, there should totally be. Different. There, oh, wow. There's going to be a lot, hopefully a lot more subtlety because there's no metal in the pot. So, uh, it, it smells just reminds it smells me of vanilla, just smelling yeah. it all. Yeah, yes. it smells there, sweeter, right? No vanilla, man. Wow. <laughs> it's crazy. Oh, and I get like bright, almost citrusy nose. Wow. Very, oh, Ooh. like a fairy floral. Taste totally it's like a, it's like a cloud. It's like this, it's so different a presentation. It's exactly, it's exactly the same botanicals Ooh. as the scherzo. Okay. Minus... The sugar. Minus the minus no minus the coloring that just keeps going right and look yeah so there is something to be said for using stills that are less reactive I think we can yeah. there's a reason why why absinthe guys like to tin their copper stills what I would say is that if you could if you could mass produce absinthe in a wooden still you might be even better still but that's not going to be possible right, wood right. stills are are right. yeah I, this has a wonderful vegetal note to it mm. that yep. is. Vegetable. Yeah. yeah. Wood. Remember when I was talking in the very beginning about chicken soup? You'd add some. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it's soup, man. It's like, it put a little chicken in here and you, this is soup. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what I'm dying to make a. Uh, chicken soup? No, a. Uh, <laughs> uh, oh, what is it called? It's a form of mezcal where you use a whole silky black chicken. All right, so we're going to add a little water. Lou, is that. Uh, some water? Yeah, man, that's water. And I think interestingly here is there was no, no uh, maceration, but we still have little greenness to the spirit. And I think you see my my luches are very similar. Wow, that's a thick luche. That is. Oh, Matt, you did a nice mix there. That is. (laughs) Thanks. I'm a a professional. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, there you go. Mm. Wood pot. Wow. That's, that's mellow. That's that's easy that to chill and drink. Right out. And it, I, it's so that's different, right? Too easy. If you ask, yeah, ever ask right? a chef, unfortunate, why, easy. You know, <laughs> uh oh. A chef will make a signature dish, and you say, "Okay, make it in this kitchen." And he goes, "Well, you don't have the right kind of pot." And then he shows you a picture, and you're like, "Well, that's just like that one." And well, no, it's, no, not. it's not. Right? I, that's not kosher. I don't know if it's in my head, um, but I definitely <laughs> get a woody. Piney. Uh-huh. Yeah. It's not. Uh, it's not. I wouldn't. Would never describe it as like a pine cabin by no. any means. Right. There is. Some, like there's the, a few pine needles in here. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Wow. Or I'm drinking this while sitting in a wooded cabin somewhere, and that's yeah. the smell around me <laughs> yeah. while I'm drinking. What I really it. like. I don't about taste it. Is, and the fire's going. Yeah. Is the complexity hangs on. It's not like, oh, this part is complex and that part's not. This thing is all one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. 
That, that was good, mate. That's wonderful. Yeah. It's all so very different. different. I like um, that. Yeah. I didn't realize yeah. there was such a spectrum. Right. Huge spectrum. We're not, we're not even trying to make them different, and they're, they're all different. I thought it was just Perno. Well, there's so there's so much at play. It's you know everything that we've discussed, and now we're about to come into another variable. Well, one one thing we could notice right now is that effect on your mouth. Yeah. Mm. Right. I or still the anesthetization is going on. It's it's getting deeper. I'm yeah, ha- my I'm tongue. My stroke. tongue is. Actually- <laughs> <laughs> I'm not drooling. I wonder. I, I wonder if absinthe had anything to do with ancient <laughs> dentistry. <Yeah. laughs> that could work. Or seizures. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe. Yeah, I'm definitely part of my tongue is a little anesthetized. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. It's super. <laughs> Did you say well done. Well done. Super. <laughs> all right. So the, so all right. The grand so finale. We might as well go back to the, the origins guy. then to kind of. And guys, thank you. Yeah. Uh, thank you guys for yeah, including me. This has been an absolute pleasure brilliant. today. Yeah, thank awesome. you very Always much. This has been a lot of fun. See you. A lot of fun. So um, I brought up a sample of Pernod Fee, which was actually bottled in France in 1900 Hence and Perno. found in uh, found in someone's wine cellar in France. About twenty years ago, and bought by a by a friend who I know in Paris. Who oh, wow. he's an absinthe or he's his home is probably crazier than some of the absinthe museums in Europe and uh, where I go for all my pre band stuff. So, so bottled we, in uh, nineteen hundred. So, so that's the stuff that we can only get in England is Perno. Okay. On the absinthe line, yeah, is Perno's like your number one. And they moved over into a lot of their distilleries moved over into Spain for the long time, right. Through through right. you know um, prohibition, prohibition and all. And, stuff. and yeah, this was di- he discovered a so case or two. Yeah. And this is nineteen hundred production or in that area? You know, oh, nineteen hundred production. So yeah, this was. Uh, it could have been you know based on the the Perno being so uh, such the large company, and they were like your your main company then um these guys this could have been made in late 1898 just just a little bit and may have made it into the bottle around 1900 so thank you very much this is a this is a very special i've never had i am we are a pleasure to be here we're drinking we're about to drink 120 plus year (laughs) old spirit you're literally my friends introduced me to patrick this is a a big thank you to patrick rousseau in paris who is my absinthe that provides me with the pre-bands and (laughs) uh just to find out that i was able to Uh, by history. I haven't even gone in yet. I'm, I'm in. I was like, oh, oh my God, I can actually taste this and share it with some friends. All right, so we got to do this. Game on, so cheers. When, when I, yes. Wow. Che- oh, so cheers. when you smell oh, this, you're smelling something very different. Here's one thing I want you to think about in the smell. It's brandy. This is, smells have, like an old brandy. I right? have caramel on this. Yeah, yeah. I, I get a. It's a, very. You, there's no doubt this is made from grape spirits. There's yep. just no doubt. And that am, amber color, which this, from what I understand, at the time was very greenish, like Stephen, like your absence at its origin, but like most plants, ambers oh and browns over. Wow, ages. It's, it's so this so this grape spirit is is much less distilled than any of the others that we've had, and it's more brandyish. So you get this, and after a hundred years, the brandy. This is like a hundred and twenty year old French you yeah. can, cognac. You can taste smell, and you can it's the comes right wonderful out. aging oh. oxidation that oh. takes place in yes. a brandy. Oh my god, that 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 is what to me was like. 
I, I need to be able to purchase wow. this to taste that. That is what is so rarely captured in some of the other moderns. And you and can't replicate time. Uh, another thing about this, the hyssop that's in this is definitely fresh hyssop. Mm. Most hyssop, this is just a complete definition, uh, differentiation oh in the mintiness. God. The mintiness is big here and it's green. It's not dried. It's not cut. It's fresh hyssop. So and it nice. also tastes oh, the and I get pine. that it is. I 100% mm. get pine. Yeah. Hey, uh, now, I wanted to and bounce oh this off God. of you guys, too, which because when I first tasted this, I had the same reactions and then asked my friends who got... So, and so, what, okay, obviously it's 120, 121 years old. That's part of it. But some of the other things, and one of the things that came up, which made perfect sense to me, was, well, think about the water sources they yeah. used from the hills yeah. 120 yeah. years ago. Yeah, right. You are traveling right. back in history right now. Right. This You are tasting. There's a, there's a lot of old brandiness to yeah. this, mm-hmm. which is just, right? just stunning. I mean, Wow. And that intermix is it's beautiful. So wow, different. that's cool. But it's a very simple herb blend. I'm yeah. taking a very simple herb blend. And the the just you know, fennel, hyssop, grand absinthe, pontica, Melissa lemon balm. Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. Love it. I see uh, you, yeah. This is uh so let me ask you this. It, wow. it's, it's 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 got a different color to it, like it has been aged. Do you age Absence? Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. Well, they do. Yeah, this this unintentionally <laughs> aged a little more than yeah. Yeah, originally well, thought. Well, no, yeah. would you, do you age, would, would you take, would you take. So, so if I'm going to make it, so I've already got an idea here. If I'm going to make this, I think I can do that. What I would do is I go in my cellar, I'd pull some brandy, mm-hmm. and I would use the brandy as the base, oh. not, not the rectified spirit. Right. right. And then I would age it for 100 years. Wow. And I think I think it wouldn't be this because Hand the this this has an herb quality. There's there's fresh herbs in this, um, and that you just don't get that anymore, really. Right. Um, well, my friend at Mount Defiance grows his own herbs. So, but this is just oh, this is so much more wonderful um, as the straight spirit. Um, yeah, I, I I I wouldn't. I added water to it. It didn't. No, I actually didn't change that. No, much. You, the, with this, it, you'll have to let it go on a real slow drip to get. It, it has an incredibly thick louche, but you need yeah. to let it go over. The reason is it's That's so, crazy. It's like, very fennel yeah, based, and yeah. much, there's much less Cause oil because it's, it's so look, thick. Yeah. Is why it takes so long to louche. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. It, it's reacting with the plant base in it, and then. Right. You know, kind of coming out right. that way. So because the, the, the others change really quick, won't necessarily yep. right. change it as fast. So the, oh, wow. in the the herbs in the luching, there's the fennel, there's the anise, and there's the star anise. Right. The fennel is the most subtle of the flavors, the most complex, but it has the least amount of oil. Wow. The anise had a little less complex, but a lot of oil. Yeah. Star anise, no complexity, big oil. So in the very first one, when I was saying, oh, there's a lot of star anise in there, right. it doesn't help your complexity, but wow, it luches like crazy. This is definitely on the fennel end of things. Right? Yeah, this really? is not on the anise and definitely no star that anise. That is so interesting. It's so amazing that yeah. you feel like you're tasting the herbal countryside That's, yeah. from 1900. Yeah. And that, that fresh cut herb is coming right through yeah. after 120 years. That's brilliant. So totally different. This brilliant. is one of the things I've been thankful about finding the guys who have these samples too, because you can buy, um, obviously this, this bottle, this bottle was, you know, modern. They, they 
um, to buy the, I bought it through my friend Patrick, right? And he ships them over from, from Paris. And you can buy the sealed bottles still, those, you know, dusted wax sealed bottles, but you're paying almost as much for the bottle can as you, you are for the ingredients. Can you buy them in the U.S.? No. Uh, well, you'd have to find an absinther that sells it because there's only yeah, so much of it left in the world, stuff. right? These are things right. that are found in someone's wine right. cellar or the leftovers That's of an crazy. old distil- distillery in Europe. <laughs> I'm, so I'm, I'm glad we didn't open it up. They come like, up with, kind of tastes you know, like goat urine. <laughs> <laughs> You've been had. <laughs> right? So, yeah, that's, Sorry. you know, there's only so much of yeah. that particular but Left, recipe. Right. There's the original, from what, I, well, what I've read, is the Pernofi recipes were on parchment papers and yeah. stashed, yeah. you know, throughout the family. Yeah. That's cool. And calligraphy. Jade liqueurs um, got, apparently got a hold of one of the original parchments and makes a line of their absence based on the Pernofi recipe. Yeah. Um, that there's, that's called Jade 1901. Yeah. Uh, they're, they're pretty nice absinthe too. They're, 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 oh, you Ted know, the, the, other, jade the other thing great. in here is coriander. Oh, yes. interesting. Yeah. yeah. There's coriander. Very popular in the, in the original absence. What I was coriander saying was, was almost hyssop, standard. but now I think it's a hyssop coriander. You hit the quality, it. Yep. The quality of the herbs is crazy. So I, mean, this I can is, tell you. We've got soup. I've never felt the real need to grow hyssop, but I do now. <laughs> so thank you for that. I'm going to be a gardener. He's going to be at Home Depot in five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> There's also, this is a really interesting thing that I pick up on. Um, you ever go to a to a antique store and the old glassware from like the 1930s somebody somebody's selling it they open up they unpack it they put it on there's a an old smell uh, yes to, yeah. to, yeah. to, yeah, to so vintage for, glassware yeah. yeah for me it's a it smells like an old library <laughs> yeah, yes totally. really old book totally. yeah. yeah and it, i and it, i after you i think after, it's newspaper after you lose it it gives this <laughs> i don't smell it but i, <laughs> I taste, taste it and it's wonderfully <laughs> weird yeah it's guys weird still, um since you had us up for this, you know, we should at least finish this one. Okay. So anybody need a little bit more? I, I want to have the straight stuff again. I, All right. I am driving. Pour out my water. I hate to. I, no. This is really, really great. That, that was wonderful. Thank you guys for coming Thank you so much. Thanks for having us. Absolutely. And had fun, right? Can't thank you guys That's enough. Awesome. Um, this is pretty cool. If you get a chance experience absinthe because that's what it is it's an experience it's not this you know one dimensional thing no <laughs> and if you get a chance come up to stout ridge uh right in the hudson valley um come up come up for the day uh they're obviously you guys are online i'm always behind the counter There's always come up regularly counter. yeah um, and and experience some Hudson Valley absinthe. A month. It is also with a there. whole bunch of other award-winning spirits, uh, liqueurs, wines. Um, Lou, thank you. Oh, thank you guys for sharing your passion. Yes, thanks, Lou. Absolutely, guys. Um, thanks so and, much. And taking us down the green fairy rabbit hole. <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't too bad. Oh. <laughs> Slowly. <laughs> <laughs> so. On that note, um, we are we're, yeah. we're happy to be back, and uh, we're back on the road. We're back on the road. Thanks for stopping by and listening in. Check us out as well as other great podcasts at Food and Beverage Magazine's Podcast Network. Be sure to follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. And remember to eat, imbibe, and dream. See you next show. <laughs>